the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It's Monday, and it, it feels like Monday. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. I'm a little crack. Am I crackly there? Yeah, you sound like you're a little crackly. Might Christy, does he Dew. sound crackly to you? He sounds really crackly. Yeah, I, getting, I wonder what that's about. I had Mountain Dew on my headphones, and no, Mountain Dew... Oh, oh. oh no! It didn't get there. It didn't get on there on the oh, microphone. No. Oh no! I didn't do that. Okay, hold on for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Great. Anyway, it's just it's a Monday. Here, here which you know felt what? like a Monday. Here. here, pull your pull that cable out here. Try to pull here. Hold on for a minute. We're doing a little triage here in the uh, Word FM studios. Christy, look, I'm going to pull this out. I think that's right. maybe. Okay, try that. See if that makes any difference. How's that? Oh, that's about the same. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll come, I'll come back. in on a commercial break. All and right. do it. How about, I'm not going to say anything, and why don't you just do the top four at four? <laughs> Is that all we're going to do? Think wait, so. wait. I, I do want to say nothing. we have a terrific program coming up today. Yeah. Can I say a little bit about it, or do you want me to keep it a secret? We have Greg Cluxton coming up in just a minute, live from the White House. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the um, what's going on inside the Beltway. Also, um, in the 5 o'clock hour, our friend Jen Rosner, she is a uh, Messianic Jew. She has a really fascinating perspective on most things, I think, simply because it's so different and outside of my own perspective. I really appreciate it. Also, does this make sense always at 525? Um, 535, a story in today's Washington Post, wearing shoes in the house is gross. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's wrong, and Christy's rejoicing because all I of am. her beliefs about the world are, have been confirmed. Take your shoes off. Exactly. Thank and uh, also 435, Carl Truman coming up. We'll talk about how we make our web so tangled. Okay. All right. I'm a little crinkly, but anyway, here's a top four four. Sounds good. All right, John. It's about of you being crinkly. These are the top news stories for Monday, April 4th, 2022. Number one. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky released a video address as the extent of killings in towns surrounding Kyiv began to emerge, vowing to prosecute what he called war crimes as Russia ramped up attacks in the eastern portion of the country. More than 100 civilians, John, found buried in mass graves in the commuter town of Buka after Russian troops withdrew last week. In the early afternoon, Mr. Zelensky arrived in that town in a convoy of military and police cars wearing a tactical army jacket, pants, and an armored vest, strode directly into a hospital amid a formation of guards. In a video address the night before, Mr. Zelensky said that hundreds of people had been killed in the area surrounding the capital, and he vowed to hold the perpetrators to account. This is what he said, John. He said, quote, concentrated evil has come to our land. Murderers, torturers, rapists, looters who call themselves the army and who deserve only death after what they did. Number two, 
An article in today's Trib about the Charles Anderson Bridge, which carries the Boulevard of the Allies over Junction Hollow and Shenley Park. We got trouble on that bridge, too, John. You know Again? which one that is? No. That's the bridge. You're going towards Shenley Park and the Boulevard of the Allies. You're passing through Oakland. It's the one that... Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, you might want to avoid it because it was built in 1938. We know it's you know long. It's 780 feet long. Yeah. Um, inspected yearly. But news comes today from the Trib that at an inspection in October of 2018, it was recommended that the bridge be rehabbed, quote, because of general structure deterioration or inadequate strength. 2018. Which is multiple years ago, mm, you think back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, in 2016, the deck was rated fair, um, and it has declined ever since. Just wanted you to be careful next time you go to Shenley Park. Number three. Elon Musk, the world's richest man, Tesla's chief executive and one of the most followed users on Twitter, bought a 9.2% stake in Twitter, becoming, becoming last night one of its top shareholders. Just weeks after he said, is Twitter even a thing? Should we even have this? Like, is this really free speech? Twitter shares exploded 21% this morning in trading. Uh, after the SEC filing showed Musk had snapped up more than 73 million shares worth $2.89 billion. Yep. Musk's investment in Twitter now dwarfs that of Jack Dorsey, who's the founder. He only only has a 2.25% stake. He must be hurting. Number four. The Grammys were broadcast last night, John, from Las Vegas. I did not watch them. I didn't even know they were on. Did you watch? Didn't even know they were on. No. Totally missed it. I haven't missed the Grammys in probably three decades. Really? Uh, broadcast from Las Vegas last night opened with Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Pack. Moments later, the group won Song of the Year for Leave the Door Open, which Love is such a song. great song. Are you kidding me? Uh, John Batiste, band leader of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, took Album of the Year for We Are. He what? was up for a total of 11 awards, more than any other artist. He won five. Um, also, uh, Olivia Rodrigo performed Billie Eilish. Uh, Tony Bennett won ni- at age 95 for the Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album. He wasn't there in person, but Lady Gaga sang a song uh, from that album. Foo Fighters won all three of their awards. Chris Stapleton won three country awards. Chick Corea, who passed away last year, won two. And don't forget Joni Mitchell, who won a Grammy for Best Historical Album. And that is your top four at four. What is best historical? I've never heard that, that category before. I've so, never heard that category. It's an oldie. I guess that's what it is. Or you're oldie. an oldie. I don't know what it means exactly. Right. That's really strange. But anyway, that's that. All right. Okay. Uh, sorry to miss the uh, the, the Grammys. Grammys. I mean, I, I no can't believe slapped, it. Right. I'm I, and the Grammys are so you know you cannot find any anything from the Grammys on YouTube. They they have a like a blanket on that. So I watched the um I, I saw the fashion. So did I. Mm-hmm. Just kind of curious. Is it like the most ridiculous assortment of things? Well, I'm glad I wore a shirt today. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, because now the latest thing is tuxedos and suits. Sans. That's what you want. Guys walking around shirtless. Isn't that gross? It's, the thought of that is really gross. Yeah. Keep your shoes on and your jacket and put a shirt on too. Anyway. All right. It's the crinkle edition of the ride home. We'll talk about uh, the White House next. Greg Clarkson joins us. Stay with us. Some people hope that a book or seminar by a fresh new philosopher will help them grow spiritually. 
But it's only when you turn to Christ that you will find genuine spiritual blessings. The question is, how do you access those blessings? John MacArthur helps you find out in his study called Complete in Christ here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm Shirleysburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, Dante Bow, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. I'm about to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash-out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Monday, we start off the week by going to the White House, where Greg Clugston joins us. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent, and he brings us up to date about what's going on in and around the nation's capital, the Beltway, and, of course, the country itself. Greg, welcome back. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday, John and yes. Kathy. Good to be here, as always. It's a fast week, always. It sure is a fast week, but we're always happy to have Greg back on the program. Um, Greg, so let's talk about um, President Biden's response first to what Vladimir Zelensky is calling a war crimes perpetrated against the people of Ukraine. Tell us the latest. Right. The, the president today saying again he believes accusing, condemning Vladimir Putin of being a war criminal. Now, the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, he's taken it a step further by uh, calling 
what we are now seeing, the images and the atrocities and uh, the, the savage killings of, of civilians, many of whom uh, were shot at, and killed at close range, uh, civilians that were clearly unarmed and in some cases had their hands tied. And so these images are now being seen around the world. And Zelensky called what uh, is happening in his country a genocide. That is something that President Biden and the White House have not said yet. They um, they said that they have not seen kind of, I, I guess it maybe depends on what the definition of genocide is, but they had not seen a systematic, uh, you know, trying to in, in completely wipe out a, an entire population, although there obviously are pockets in Ukraine where that has happened in cities and in some towns and villages. Now, whether the U.S. gets to the point at at some time down the line where they would would agree that it's genocide, uh, we may get there. But essentially, the president is saying we want to see uh, a war crimes trial and that uh, Putin would face accountability for that at some point down the line. Right. So uh, these images, as heinous as they are, I I would imagine not unexpected. Um, And I, I... I don't know, does it really matter if you call Putin a war criminal or not, right? I mean, his war is going to continue on, and the Ukrainian people are just trying to get the heck to safety some way or other, labels notwithstanding, Greg. Yeah, the labels, I, I think a lot of observers, uh, everyday Americans, people around the world, when they are looking at uh, these images this and the video that comes and the reporting and the stories and the heartbreak, uh, labels don't really mean a lot. Obviously, these are more legal definitions in terms of governments and international uh, tribunals looking at evidence and documentation and, and those kinds of things. And there and there may be an appropriate venue and time for that. Uh, but right now, you've got U- Ukraine's president continuing to call on the U.S. and the West and any nation that will continue to help them. And the president said earlier today, look, we are going to continue to stand by Ukraine. We're going to send them the weapons they need to fight. Uh, and there has been uh, a shifting of troop movement by the Russians. Now, the National Security Advisor just a few minutes ago in the White House briefing said that uh, they believe that the White House believes that Russia is essentially revising its war plan by pulling back initially some troops across the border. They're going to be regrouping and then retargeting different areas inside Ukraine. So uh, as we're approaching six weeks of this war, it doesn't look as if it's uh, any closer to being finished, unfortunately. Greg, um, let's shift our focus closer to home and talk about uh, this week's Supreme Court nominee, which uh, seems to be pretty much um, a done deal, yeah? Yeah, it does. There's committee action today by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, It's interesting because there are 22 members on that panel. It's evenly divided between Republicans and Democrats. And so it's widely expected that perhaps this evening uh, they will vote uh, to send it out of the committee to the full Senate. And it's very likely it could be uh, a a tie, a deadlock. Uh, But when when it comes out of a committee and it's in a tie, it, it can still move forward. There are still a few more rules and procedures that it has to uh, pass when it, gets, when it gets to the main floor. But essentially, we're looking over the next few days, uh, the Senate taking this up and a likely Senate vote Thursday or Friday. Obviously, it's very tight in the full Senate as well, 50-50. Uh, but it, it looks as if the vice president will not have to, to cast a tie-breaking vote because last week, 
The senator from Maine, Republican Susan Collins, said that she would, in fact, be voting for Katanji Brown-Jackson. And uh, there are a couple of other um, uh, there are a couple of other Republicans that people are keeping an eye on as possible yes votes, although we don't know yet. And they include Mitt Romney and Alaska's Lisa Murkowski. Mm-hmm. So what has the the tenor been around these uh, this nomination? I, the reason I ask is, I, you know, I haven't been as locked in on this one as I have in, in uh, the last two, just because there's been a lot of other things going on. And so I'm wondering, you know, we all remember the tenor of the Brett Kavanaugh one. Um, when it was Amy Coney Barrett, it was toned down a little bit, but of course you had COVID mixed in there and we had no masks and we had the outbreak at the confirmation, the announcement and all of that sort of thing. Um, so now that things are kind of more normal, um, how would you assess just the conversation about it? What what kind of the feeling in Washington has been? Yeah, we, we certainly didn't see uh, the level of animosity and, and all the rest that we did, for example, at the Kavanaugh hearings. And even to a certain extent, some of the questioning uh, from the Amy Coney Barrett. But there certainly uh, were uh, several lines of questioning from Republican members that uh, Democrats weren't happy with, that were really targeting at her uh, the judge's sentencing uh, track record and, and that sort of thing, which Republicans say is uh, certainly uh, fair game. So, you know, you're going to have those differences between the two sides. I would say, Kathy, that generally speaking, where we are now uh, as a country and as as a Senate when it comes to these Judiciary Committee confirmation hearings, we've moved to a place where um, it is so politicized that um, even if a even if a person is is seen as a very competent and qualified judge, competent to be and qualified to be on the on the Supreme Court, uh, if they're not from the party or from the president who made the nomination, <laughs> they often are just going to uh, find other reasons or even excuses not to vote for that person, even though in this case, uh, the nominee is a federal judge and she received a lot of Republican votes for her role on the federal bench. Uh, she's just not going to get the same number of votes for the Supreme Court, but it looks like she'll have enough, though, to actually get there. And it will be history making. The White House has sort of kept Thursday and Friday's schedule for the president a little wide open right now because uh, getting uh, confirmation of any Supreme Court justice is a big deal for a White House, for a president. In this case, she would be the first black woman uh, to be on the court in U.S. history. Interesting. So then you're saying, Greg, probably Thursday or Friday of this week, this will be a done deal. That's what it's looking like unless there's some sort of uh, unforeseen hiccup. But that's the track it's on right now, John. Good. Greg, uh, let's talk about uh, oil reserves. Uh, the president releasing um, reserves of uh, millions and millions of gallons. Of course, we're all paying much more at the pump. Talk to us about that. And uh, what do you know? Maybe it would bring prices down somewhat? Well, this is an interesting decision, and it's uh, it's the largest tapping of this strategic petroleum reserve in our country's history, at least since the reserve has been in place for decades. And so essentially what the White House, what the president announced last week, going to be releasing a million barrels a day for the next every day for the next six months. So it's a it's a sizable uh, amount of of uh, tapping into this reserve, although it's worth noting this country goes through, I don't know, 20, 21 million barrels of oil a day. Um, and so adding one more 
uh, has led some Republicans and other critics to say it's really more of just of a temporary political move. It's sort of a Band-Aid on a much larger problem. And the president was asked what he hopes would would be sort of a real life effect of this decision at the gas pump for for all of us when we go and we fill up our cars or our pickup trucks or whatever. And uh, the president was hoping that it could knock off 10 to 35 cents a gallon. Uh, It wouldn't happen immediately, but he would hope it would happen over the next few weeks. But to be honest, he doesn't know. And he said as much. He said the impact is unknown. And so the White House makes this decision, hoping it will make a difference at the gas pump. But it's also a supply and demand issue. And uh, the White House doesn't have as much control over those factors. Mm. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Uh, I didn't realize until I saw notes today that Jen Psaki, uh, uh, White House press secretary, leaving her post um, is... What do you think of her, uh, the length of her tenure? I mean, obviously, people don't stay in it for too long, because how could you possibly take that job <laughs> for any length of time? And where is she headed, Greg? It, it is a, it's a tough job for any, any person in any White House working for any president of any political party. It's just a tough job, uh, although it's, for a lot of people, it's a, it's a highly sought-after job. It's a high-profile sure. position within a White House, within an administration, uh, and you are very visible uh, voice and face uh, of, a, of a president. Uh, and Jen Psaki had, uh, had previously worked in the Obama administration, and she came back to work at the beginning of the Biden administration. Sometime last year, she, she had said in an interview or response to somebody that her, her plan was to come back and work at the beginning of the Biden White House, Biden administration, for about a year or so. Uh, and so obviously we're a year and, what, three months or so into the, uh, the president's term. She was asked last Friday after reports came out that she is going to be taking a job at MSNBC. Now, at the briefing on Friday, it was interesting because she did not confirm that she was going to MSNBC. In fact, she did not confirm that uh, she had a deal lined up with anybody or what an exit date would be. But she broadly said that uh, she would be uh, you know, announcing at some point her future plans. But uh, these uh, these reports have been largely confirmed by uh, a number of news organizations, and she's probably going to be leaving in the next couple of months. What's interesting are the questions that came up at that briefing when we when she was responding to this. She didn't deny that she was going to be going and taking a media job, and there are questions about whether as a press spokesperson for a White House, it's ethical or can she even be uh, effective uh, by whether there's a conflict of interest. If she's taking questions from news media organizations and she's lined up to work for one of those very companies. So we'll have to see if those questions linger and if that affects her timeline going forward. Interesting. So, Greg, uh, just a little sidebar. I mean, you've been at the White House for many, many years. I'm sure you've engaged with any number of press secretaries. Uh, I'm sure there's probably 10 or 20 under your belt. In all those years, has there been somebody who's stuck out? You're going to go, I admire this person or this person's funny or, you know, is there someone top of your list of all the press secretaries you've dealt with? Yeah, you know, the very first one uh, at the beginning of my time at the White House was uh, in 1996, 97. And that is uh, at, the, at the beginning of the second term for Bill Clinton. And at the time, uh, the press secretary uh, made it made a big, big impact on me. I, I felt just partly because I was new in the position and all the rest. But Mike McCurry, mm. uh, I felt brought um, 
sort of a real class to the to the position, and he understood reporters and was uh, was able to in his off camera meetings and what we call gaggles in his press office in, in his White House office with members of the press. Um, he would he would be willing to uh, you know kind of uh, just give us a little bit more information about what was happening, uh, but still on the record and even off the record he was he was very uh, very helpful in that way. He came from the State Department and I felt like he brought a certain diplomacy to the way he handled the room and handled mm-hmm. questions from the reporters. Um, for the Obama administration, I thought uh, Josh Ernest was uh, was very uh, helpful and courteous and had a good working relationship with the press. And I think Dana Perino for the George W. Bush years, uh, she also had a good working relationship and she had uh, access inside the, the West Wing that was very helpful for getting for getting questions answered. So those were three that uh, I, I would put in the in the okay. plus category. OK, yeah, that's very insightful. We'll, we'll read more about that in your upcoming book. We'll be <laughs> right, your tell all. We'll be mm-hmm. looking forward there to that, go. Greg. There we go. Um, before you leave us, uh, last night was the, the, uh, Grammy award telecast. Um, I never miss the Grammys. Um, I haven't for, uh, many decades and didn't even know they were happening. So totally miss them. John doesn't care. Christie's not sure what they are. Uh, what's your investment level, Greg? Uh, investment level has, has waned over the years. Mm-hmm. I, this probably means I'm getting old and out of touch with all of the current pop music, right? Right. Um, Since I, Donna Summer I, stopped winning, you decided well, you were. Well, I know, I know. It hasn't been the 80s for, what, decades mm-hmm. now? So yeah. what's the point, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I would say that uh, of all the award shows, Grammys would probably be on the top of my list in yeah. terms of my interest. But I had stuff going last night, too, and I didn't tune in. Although I'm always curious to see uh, who the winners are. One of the reasons why I like the awards show for the Grammys is sometimes you get some really great mashup performances. Like you might have people singing together that normally wouldn't. And I think that's pretty cool. Right. Like George Strait with Metallica or something. You think, how how is this happening? But but last night, like Greg, I didn't recognize anybody. Even reading about these names, I'm like, uh, I'm not sure who these people are. Yep, I think that says more about us than anything else. Probably. What, what can you do? All right. Anyway, Greg, always happy to see you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. My pleasure, Greg. You as well. Listen to some Bee Gees in your free time. Right? Did, I don't think the Bee Gees ever won a Grammy. Did they win a Grammy? They, well, they should have won no, a Grammy. I don't know if they did. Staying alive. But yeah, but it's not really Grammy. Oh, it is. I'm doing this. <laughs> what, like, like Barry? I'm about to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and we are a family mortgage team committed to Word FM. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, go to unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change. Families change. And the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. 
That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes, I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Get the facts. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-837-5050. That's 800-837-5050. 800-837-5050. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. We are Everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Cloudy tonight, low 37. Cloudy and mild with some rain in the afternoon for Tuesday, high 60. Tuesday night, cloudy and mild, low 46 with a bit of rain. For Wednesday, sunshine and clouds with rain late in the afternoon, high 65. Thursday, cloudy with some rain, high 62, and a high 51 for Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. The Bee Gees won a Grammy. Of course they did, because they're they the won, Bee Gees. They won five Grammys. Yeah. See, there used to be, like, you know, early Bee Gees and then disco Bee Gees. Oh, well, I didn't know early Bee Gees. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they won Album of the Year, Producer of the Year, two awards for Best Pop Performance by a mm. Duo or Group, mm. uh, one for How Deep Is Your Love, and one for Staying Alive, and then Best Vocal Something, but I can't open the link. All right. How well, about that? I'm a fan. Are you, you not a fan? fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I loved that album. What? The Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. There's other stuff. But I've already told you that I couldn't. I was not allowed to have it because it was from an R-rated movie. Because you had good parents. Because Nan was like, right? no, yeah, no way is that happening. Right? Everything turned out just fine. But I did, I did love Andy Gibb. Andy Gibb, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Flowing River. He really wasn't a BG. No, he was a BG. He was a brother of BG. He was a brother. Right. It's he, kind of like a small tribute. He died first. Don't even go there. Okay. All right, let me talk to you about some weird stuff here in the city. I, I follow along uh, VeryLocal.com, which is an excellent website. And listen to this. Um, this goes way back to uh, Charles Dickens. What? Charles Dickens visited Pittsburgh when in Charles... 1842. Really? I, I, I don't know. It would have been a big trip in 1842. You can imagine. The word got out that he was here. That's what they're saying. Okay. This is from Rick Seaback. 
He wasn't here for a week. So many people wanted to meet him that he agreed to accept visitors at his hotel. I found a lot of this at the Pennsylvania Department of the Carnegie Library. I went through all these articles, and the very last one said that someone, either at the hotel or someone else, put up a guest registry so they could record who came to meet Charles Dickens in Pittsburgh in 1842. The man who was then mayor of Allegheny City, Colonel William Foster, came to meet Charles Dickens. Dickens was only in his 30s, but he was already very famous. Now the mayor of Allegheny City brought with him his 16-year-old son, who was Stephen Foster. Whoa! So, at a hotel in downtown Pittsburgh in 1842, the first great pop novelist, I think it's very fair to say that, met Stephen Foster, the first great pop composer. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. Yep. Now, I have to tell you that I would never have thought that they would have overlapped. I mean, I would have thought that Stephen Foster, I would have thought that Charles Dickens would have been too old and Stephen Foster would have been too young, but they were closer in age than I thought. 1842. So Charles Dickens, I wonder if he was like, you know, what, on a, they didn't do book tours. I mean, can you imagine the boat ride from England to New York and then the drive from New York to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, that's so, so Charles Dickens was uh, born in 1812. He died in 1870. I would have thought, I had him 20 years later. I would have thought he died in 1890. Okay. I mean, Queen Victoria loved his writing so much. That was one of the big, you know, things that added to his celebrity. Yeah, of course, right? I'm sure to his sales as well. But as difficult as it was to get around, Charles Dickens had to be on a wagon or a horse. Yeah. Coming from New York, because I'm sure that's where he came in, or Boston. Okay, what what year are you talking about? 1842. Okay, 43, he wrote A Christmas Carol. Hmm. So it was and right wasn't in 43, the- wasn't he in, fi- he wrote A Christmas Carol because he was in financial trouble. Yeah, right. Right. Because he was hanging out in Pittsburgh. 1859 was A Tale of Two Cities. 1859. Yeah. So he had plenty of gas in the tank, didn't he? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and Stephen Foster... Was just getting underway. He had to have been a young man yeah. then. Right. Oh, he come from Alabama. Sure, with the banjo. But now head. his but statue's now he, gone. Right, we had to put a blanket over it. He's gone. I wonder right. what happened to Kate Smith. Oh, Remember, right. She had, was under review, wasn't well, we, she? Well, they we put had, a well, shroud had, over they her. Had to, they had to put a blanket over her outside of, is that right. Eagles Stadium maybe? Or, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until they decided what to do with her. And I, I didn't, I never right. followed up on that. Okay. Uh, we got a second. Oh, we don't have a second. No, I guess I have to end this. All right. Let but, me say one other thing. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. At least it is to me. When uh, Charles Dickens passed away, he was only 58. Really? Well, it's probably, considering he probably was an old man, right? Mm-hmm. 58. He had crazy hair. I can confirm. Well, he probably didn't have the access to gel or anything like He did. Kind of looks a little bit like mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I have access to gel. The heck? <laughs> Call you Dickensian. <laughs> 101.5 WORD. This week from Inside for Living from Chuck Swindoll. Your goal in life is not the other person changing, it's you changing. And it's amazing what happens when you and I change. It makes all the difference in the world, in our life, in our home, and at our work. Join us when Chuck Swindoll unveils the rich treasures in the book of Colossians this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. 
A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Why doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum contractor and James Hardy preferred contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Police officers know it only takes a few seconds of someone texting and driving for things to go terribly wrong. That's why officers are increasing enforcement of texting and driving laws. So put your phone down when driving. Or be prepared for the consequences. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA. Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back. Back in my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but (laughs) heavens to Betsy, there are some things an old fella like me just never forgets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. In some of the early debates in the U.S. over uh, abortion, so the Roe versus Wade debates... Doe versus Bolton, um, the question of viability came up. And I, I remember, I, and, and of course, the viability um, perspective on abortion is silly um, and I think has, has in some ways been disregarded by now. But the viability argument was that, well, we can, you know, abortion's okay until the fetus is viable outside of the mother's body. And then, of course, it would be uh, illegal and immoral. Anyway, I had a friend who was like, viability. He said, I think viability is probably when your kid turns like 26. You know what I mean? Like what kind what, what does viability actually mean? So the question about what viability is, is, is similar to the question of what a person is. You know, I mean, you'd think that these would be things that we could easily arrive at. But lang- as a society. yeah, but language is always changing, and certainly our perspective on how we look at people, whether it's some a person of color in 1860, or it's someone who is in a prenatal state at this point. Anyway, we're very happy to have Dr. Carl Truman with us to talk about the particulars. Carl's at the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies of Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. Check out Dr. Truman's latest book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Freedom. Carl, welcome back to the program. 
Great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Yes, our pleasure, Carl. So, uh, of course, uh, you're writing about uh, Supreme Court nominee uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She made waves uh, last week with her refusal to provide a definition for the word woman. Now, responding to uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Jackson sidestepped the question, stating, I'm not a biologist. Um, that raised a lot of different ire, depending upon uh, what side of the aisle you're on. But I, I guess, you know, to sidestep that and say, um, I'm not a biologist, um, what does that mean to you, Carl, whenever you hear someone say, what is a woman, and someone says, well, I'm not a biologist? Well, it, it, was, it was amusing in an odd way, because clearly what she was trying to do was dodge the question, I think, in order not to alienate what we might broadly call the trans lobby. But in deferring the question to biologists, she seemed to be conceding that there is a biological definition of woman out there. It's just not one that she has grasped or is able to articulate in a a clear and concise fashion, which is precisely what the trans lobby would wish to deny. Uh, That, for want of a better word, gender is is a state of mind. It's not a state of one's biological body. So it was an odd moment of, of political rhetoric, I think. Yes. Yeah, because nobody knows what to say. You know, we're not sure how to talk about it. We're not sure what the right words are or what the appropriate perspective is. It's kind of like watching Will Smith hit Chris Rock at the Oscars. You could kind of sense everybody in the room wasn't sure. The heck's going on? Like whose side to come down on, right? So they end up giving a standing ovation to Will Smith a couple, you know, minutes later. And then they end up, a lot of people have to walk that back. It's kind of hard to figure out quickly with how Twitter and social media end up pouncing on people. What is the like PC way to respond? Yes, when we have no sort of broader agreed moral framework for talking about these things or or differentiating between different acts, then really we are subject to what one might, you you point to Twitter, we're subject to whatever the tastes of the moment happen to be, whatever the crowd happens to declare is moral or, or legitimate. So we find ourselves unhitched really and floating on a sea of public opinion for want of a better term and public opinion tends to be shaped by those who shout loudest and and have the best grasp of the media that shape public opinion things like twitter youtube tiktok etc right so carl in my reading i'm I'm reading about uh, the general population of what it is to be a trans woman uh i I think i don't know if this is true or not but uh, the population in the united states is zero point seven percent which of course is a very very tiny percentage but uh, as you look and and we all read daily you would think that the trans population in the country was 30 percent or more the way that people are so upset about this yes you would think that uh, defining a woman was somehow a very very complicated thing (laughs) yeah bottom line is that we know that uh, concepts of femininity and masculinity vary from culture to culture even within the united states They'll vary from rural areas to city areas. But at the center of the issue, there's a basic biological component that is constant. That's not to say there aren't people such as intersex people who have a particular medical, uh, physiological condition, but but their physiology is not the norm. Uh, Society has had no problem in defining what makes a male and what makes a female for thousands of years. It's incredible that it's suddenly become so complicated. 
And I think it's become so complicated because there are powerful political lobby groups that have invested so much in making it complicated. Right. So then will it be, will it come down to the definition of pornography, right? I mean, someone will say, I I can't tell you what pornography is, but when I see it, I know what it is. I mean, you really can't say that about a woman. Well, no, partly because, of course, some men uh, dressed as women can make very compelling, uh, look very compellingly like women. So I think the... The visual component is certainly not a viable guide uh, on this front. But no, I I don't think it will be like pornography because, again, what is and is not pornography, the the boundaries get blurred from culture to culture. Where women are concerned, it's been pretty clear from culture to culture that the biological makeup of the human body is very, very important for distinguishes in terms of our biological sex. And the detachment of gender from sex, that's a new innovation based upon some interesting philosophies that have developed over the last 60, 70 years. Yes. Now, at the same time, Carl, you know, I believe in Jesus and I want to be loving to everyone that I would connect with. So I don't want to go. I'm not anti-trans. I'm not. But I, I'm also the same uh, belief that I don't want young girls or young boys to engage in sex changes, you know, at, at six or eight or 10 or 12, 15 years of age. So society's t- giving us all these different cues that we're all supposed to be experts on and, and have an opinion about. When the fact of the matter is, it's just a swirling mess of confusion at this point, and especially as a believer, uh, you're trying to make sense of this, and we just do a bad job, I think, as Christians, you know, staying on top of things and trying to have a biblical viewpoint of where the world is at the moment, and and, and why am we being called on, you know, second by second to take this all in and to have a well-formed opinion? Yeah, I think you're pointing to a number of things there that are important. First of all, Of course, as Christians, we believe every human being is made in the image of God, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of whatever gender confusion, body uh, dysmorphia you may be subject to. We believe every every person is made in the image of God and is therefore to be treated with love and kindness. Uh, What we mean by love and kindness, of course, will depend from context to context. And I would say when you face with a child who is confused about their gender, a loving response is not to enable them to engage in bodily mutilation that will uh, change their lives forever and which they have no, they simply do not have the knowledge uh, to comprehend and to understand at this point in their life. A loving response is to protect that child from that. Somebody at age 25 wants to undergo uh, sex change surgery. I might think they're, they're, they're stupid, I might think they're making the wrong move, but they're an adult, they're entitled to do it. I think the issue for me is the protection of children, uh, the loving protection of children at this point. And unfortunately, that seems to be the very point at which the, the political battle is being engaged at this moment in time. Yes. Dr. Carl Truman with us. Check out his new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Only a couple minutes left, Carl. And I guess my last question is about maybe a a larger perspective on this, which is um, there's a tendency in, in Western culture and thought to be tearing down, it seems, every uh bastion of 
solidity, maybe the things that we would have looked at as a culture as things to hang our hat on, like institutions, uh, schools, uh, churches. Um, now we look at something like is it we have sexual identity. Then we have you know gender identity. Um, I guess I just want your perspective on this this larger movement. It just seems like there's very little solid ground. Yeah, but I think we're living at a time where traditional institutions are plunging into crisis for a whole variety of reasons. Some of them cultural, some of them uh, technological. If we were trying to find the philosophical core of it, I think we we understand human beings in a wrong way. We tend to think of ourselves as free and autonomous. And therefore, we tend to think that anything embodying external authority is always potentially problematic and inhibiting us from being ourselves. And that makes us into very iconoclastic creatures. Mm-hmm. We could think of ourselves as dependent and connected to others. Then I think that iconoclasm would, it wouldn't disappear completely because some things need to be changed. But I think it would dramatically reduce the iconoclastic mentality that we have towards outside external authority. I'm into that. Carl, before you leave us, uh, talk about uh, where people can find your writings. You're, we often find you at First Things, but you are uh, really um, uh, generous, I would say, in where you work in all your different writing styles. Oh, well, thanks. Well, I have a, a new book out, a short book, Strange New World, that summarizes the argument of uh, Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. So that's one place to go to, to find uh, what I'm writing. And I also do... Uh, uh, op-eds at World Magazine online, World Opinions, every two weeks or so. So you'll find me there as well. Very nice. Carl, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Carl Truman from Grove City College. We're talking about a piece that he wrote in uh, the March 31st edition of First Things called What a Tangled Web. We'll step away. We're just getting underway. This is the 4 o'clock hour of Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, The Ride Home. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com. Code 3388. Enjoy. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Kenotic and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. That's inflation to 412-515-3555. Inflation 
You can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in Northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. So last week, uh, Bruce Willis uh, came out and said uh, he has something called aphasia Mm -hmm. and that he is retiring from from acting. Right. So in response to that, uh, the uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards, otherwise known as the Razzies. Not familiar with that. You're not. Well, Mm -hmm. they're sort of like the counterpoint to the Oscars. So like the worst things? Yes. Got it. The worst films of the years. So uh, they rescinded. Willis's recent prize for bad acting, oh, okay. saying, you know, my bad. Right, okay. And then on top of that, they went way back, the Razzies did, to one of the very first nominations, which was, who is, Shelley Duvall. 1981, she was given a, a Razzie for the worst actress as, as Wendy Torrance in the Stanley Kubrick production of The Shining. Mm, never seen The Shining. Don't waste your time. Okay. It's a good book. It's a great book. It's a horrible film. Now... Uh, when it first came out, the critical reception was really just abysmal. Over time, as things change, it's raised in its status. Okay. But uh, there's been a, a documentary that came out. Stanley Kubrick's then 17-year-old daughter, Vivian, was on the set of The Shining. Mm-hmm. And she um, did a, a documentary called Making the Shining. And in this documentary, you see Shelley Duvall. Uh, in an abusive environment, which Stanley Kubrick tried to keep her, his lead actress, in a constant state of panic and made horror a reality by berating her and alienating her on the set. Now, So it, that she would act yes, in a crazed way. Right. And it goes into a wider conversation about the dangers and drawbacks of so-called method acting. Mm. And on the set, apparently... Stanley Kubrick would do not one take, but literally hundreds of takes. Hundreds. So the film went on forever. Months and months and months. Way past the of end like, of the... And so this young actress is being slowly tortured. Crushed. Just crushed. And in, in intervening years, whenever she was free, Stanley Kubrick has since passed away. and She would talk about this and goes, it was a life-defining moment, moment for me. It just... It shelved any confidence of who I was, not only as an actress, but, but as a person. 
And you can imagine what that That's must be tragic. like. It That's is tragic. That's absolutely tragic. Yeah. In addition to the fact that obviously it didn't work if her acting ended up being so poor. Well, I mean, the acting, say what you will. It's just the, the film was just a bad film. It was a bad adaptation of the book. So maybe say. he should have been putting a little bit of the microscope on himself as opposed to just uh, on her. To the scriptwriters. So Jack Nicholson, right? Jack Nicholson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, never Scott saw it. Crothers. Never read it. Never. Great, it's a I, great hate, book. I hate horror movies. Well, I really do. <clears throat> I can't think of one that I ever. The book liked. is really well done. Seriously, it's a fabulous book. In the movie, you kind of go, "What the heck is this all about?" I had no idea this was. Anyway, you just feel bad for Shelley Duvall, who has since, of course, left uh, Hollywood a long, long time ago. But Last... post that role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Post that role, she's not in the best of health i believe from what i've read about in the past but uh, the razzies trying to right a historical wrong what was the worst thing this year do you know what they said mm, there's plenty of fodder i'm sure i'm gonna look it up 101.5 wordfm pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word pittsburgh and on your phone via the word fm mobile app iheart tune in and odyssey With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Senate Judiciary Committee debating Katanji Brown-Jackson's nomination for the Supreme Court. Democrats aiming to confirm her by the end of the week, but it may not be easy. Iowa Republican Charles Grassley says Jackson has not been forthcoming in responding to a number of committee requests for documentation. We asked for other documents having to do with probation filing in the Hawkins case. Judge Jackson told us that she can't get records for her old cases because of, uh, she's no longer a district court judge. That seems to be very convenient. As more evidence comes in, President Biden calling for a war crimes trial against Vladimir Putin. Additional sanctions also following the atrocities committed in the town of Buka. This is SRN News. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. 
My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Head out on the highway. A two powerful wheels. Riding season is around the corner and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. This is John Stagerwald. Stop by Pit Cycles today for a huge selection of bikes from KTM, Indian, and Triumph. 114 models to choose from in a fun, pressure-free environment. With demand high and supply limited, now is the time to order. Pre-order today for just a dollar in Warrendale next to Jurgles or at PitCycles.com. Pit Cycles! For over 40 years... First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Cloudy tonight, low 37. Cloudy and mild with some rain in the afternoon for Tuesday, high 60. Tuesday night, cloudy and mild, low 46 with a bit of rain. For Wednesday, sunshine and clouds with rain late in the afternoon, high 65. Thursday, cloudy with some rain, high 62 and a high 51 for Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along, the Monday edition. Feels like Monday. Yeah, it does. Kind of gray. Feels like Monday. Yeah, I got up this morning. I was like, ugh. It's I don't Monday. think I'm quite ready. And last night was the Grammys. Which I don't care. It just, see, I care very much. I, I always love to watch the Grammys. I didn't even know they were on. Did you know any of the music? Oh, yeah. What? Well, you know, like the Foo Fighters, right? Like, I know you're not into rap, but you wouldn't... Or like Chris Stapleton, or no? I got nothing. John Baptiste? I got nothing. Okay. Was Hollow Notes there? <laughs> Christy, <laughs> Christy didn't care about the Grammys either. Yeah. I did not. Okay. All right, but the, so I bring up the Grammys um, because Vladimir Zelensky made a statement, sent a video address to the Grammys last night in the middle of war-torn Ukraine, uh, filmed a, um, a, a uh, an address from a bunker. And I, as I watched it this morning, I thought to myself, so this is, this is how we're fighting war now. It's modern warfare through a PR arm, public relations. And it's also become not a government versus government. It's become corporation versus government, Right. These structures that are in place now have really hurt Russia from a corporate money flow standpoint, Mm -hmm. I think more so than any bombs. Probably, Mm -hmm. probably. And so for for Zelensky to get his message out because of the way technology works, all he has to do is film something and put it out on Twitter. It gets 
everywhere. It's you a don't double-edged have- sword, though, because here's Zelensky, the right kind of guy for the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Comfortable, obviously, in front of the camera, had a career before that. What if Zelensky was a 75-year-old guy right. who was, you know... Sure. I mean, was is Joe Biden going to be the darling of the Grammys? No. No, probably not. But in the past, we've Bill Clinton was the darling of the Grammys. Well, but Bill, he's playing you know, the saxophone. Right. But right? so depending on who... If your communication lady, style. But, yeah. But this guy is is in the middle of what's happening, of his right. country being attacked. And zone. so to me, it's even more shocking that he ends up having such a position of prominence at something which seems by comparison frivolous, yeah. the Grammy Awards. Well, let's take a minute. Let's hear what Zelensky had to say last night. Okay. The war. What's more opposite to music? The silence of ruined cities and killed people. Our children draw swooping rockets, not shooting stars. Over 400 children have been injured and 153 children died. And we'll never see them drawing. Our parents are happy to wake up in the morning in bomb shelters, but alive. Our loved ones don't know if we will be together again. The world doesn't let us choose who survives and who stays in internal silence. Our musicians wear body armor instead of tuxedo. They sing to the wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them. But the music will break through anyway. We defend our freedom to live, to love, to sound. On our land, we are fighting Russia, which brings horrible silence with its bombs. The dead silence. Fill the silence with your music. Fill it today to tell our story. Tell the truth about the war on your social networks, on TV. Support us in any way you can, any but not silence. And then peace will come. To all our cities, the war is destroying. Chernigiv, Kharkiv, Volnovakha, Mariupol, and others, they are legends already, but I have a dream of them living and free, free, like you on the dream stage. Okay, it was a little hard to understand at first. Yeah, it was, it was hard to understand at the end. I mean, English not his native language. Impressive that he can, he gives addresses in Ukrainian, in Russian, and in English, right? right. right? Um, a couple highlights. I would say uh, he said, our musicians in Ukraine, wear body armor instead of tuxedos. They sing to the wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them. But the music will break through anyway. We defend our freedom to live, to love, to sound. Then he says at the end, fill the silence, and he's talking to the people at the Grammys, fill the silence with your music. Fill it today to tell our story. Tell the truth about this war on your social networks, on TV, support us in any way you can, any but not silence, and then peace will come. I'm into that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's an excellent message because out of sight, out of mind. So good news that he was on the Grammys last night. So for for this generation or for any generation, people know what's happening. So from this point forward, when we see global strife, are we going to see people making direct appeals like this? One leader of one nation – to a social media platform, to an award show, do I, do you think this is going to be the beginning of of a new way of doing it? I would say it depends upon who the person is. Yes, yeah. and the friendliness of the media platforms that they are invited to or not. Right. I mean, obviously, this was a coup for the Grammys. Mm-hmm. The Oscars talked about this, right? But I think then the, in the end, the Oscars said. Well, We'd rather see somebody just get beat up on stage. <laughs> uh, uh, no, sorry. 
everything now is media manipulation. And whether you call it manipulation or not, I mean, I, I there's a piece of propaganda there. Oh, yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's he's taking that. Zelensky's taking that mantle upon himself. Yeah. This is my job. I'm not fighting on the front lines, but I'll fight on the front lines of the digital social media campaign. Yeah, as well he should. The opportunity's presented, so why yeah. wouldn't he speak up for his country right. that he, he's the head of, that yeah. he loves? Yeah, I, this is... I think, if anything, you know, people have been talking about how Putin underestimates things. Well, he I, sure underestimated him. He underestimated the power of media and sure. corporate, the corporate yep. world, to crush him before even you know a bomb was dropped, a bullet was fired. But it's interesting that this. I think we're in for the long haul here. I mean, I'm not you know, the wars wish wish the war ended at the end of this sentence, but it's not. So what does this look like a week from now, mm-hmm. a month from now, a year from now? God bless the Ukrainian people. Their country is being decimated. Now it seems as though the Russians are in retreat and are going elsewhere after they couldn't conquer their first targets. Right. So what happens? And, God forbid, if Zelensky himself was assassinated the chief spokesman is taken out, what is that going to look like? Because, you know, in future wars, of course, then they'll go for the, the obvious media target. So what the future will be, those with the strongest media presence and or message, will they wrangle the most sympathy or empathy well, for their cause? Look at Look at Elon Musk. He's a controversial figure, but because he has learned to manipulate social media so well, he's one of the most popular people that that anyone mm-hmm. in social media worldwide follows Right, because he's learned how to do it. So what does that look like then as we go to the ballot box? We're really essentially voting for media personalities from this time well, forward. Have, haven't we always? Ever in, since in a way. been media? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. In a way we have, whether sure. it's radio or oh, yeah. television or whatnot, right? From, uh, you know... The, uh, the warble of Dwight D. Eisenhower to Nixon's sweaty lip. To the to, saxophone of Bill Clinton. Right. All that and, and more. And the looks of Barack Obama. Yeah. I don't know. God bless Ukrainian people. I know it. It's a horror. It truly, truly is. Okay, we'll take a quick, uh, quick break. Uh, Christ conquered death? Yeah. Jen Rosner coming up next. The perspective of a Messianic Jew. Talk about it next. Monday edition. Wake up. Or maybe it's time to slide to Monday, wind down again. Monday. The ride home. Who wants Monday? One hundred one point five WORD. Doctor Charles Stanley. Don't waste your sorrows. Don't waste your heartaches. Don't waste your pain. Learn how to squeeze something good and profitable—a blessing out of every single trial of life. Hear the series, Wisdom's Way, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stack. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. 
it's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. I knew teaching was my chosen profession. I called in the office on the second day or had a parent mad at me. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. I walk in there and his dad jumps up. He said, I heard you called my daughter stupid. Like, I would never call your daughter stupid. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. I asked her if she was stupid. <laughs> General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. I know there seems like there should be a second part to that joke, but that's where that one ends. That's where we go on. At wordfm.com slash night out. What happened to two-sided flippable mattresses? When the original Mattress Factory was founded in 1990, all the mainstream mattress manufacturers made two-sided mattresses. Over time, they switched to lower-quality one-sided models to cut costs. At OMF, we still make two-sided mattresses because they offer the best durability and support. And thanks to our factory direct model, we can offer them at the best value anywhere. Visit an OMF location today to see the difference a two-sided mattress can make. OriginalMattress.com Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Over the millennia, the distance between Judaism and Christianity has just widened, widened to the point where I think the average Christian and the average Jew know very, very little about the traditions that they observe, their worldview, the, probably the basic tenets of their faith, mm-hmm. even though Jesus was a Jew. You know, I, I, I keep coming back to that. I think, you know, it's it's imperative that we recognize that, you know, as much as we see the Caucasian picture of Jesus, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Barry Gibbs. We see the, the Barry Gibbs Jesus. We see, you know, the Jesus that looks like he's from Harlem, the Jesus that looks like he's Asian or whatever. I, I understand the uh, yearning to have Jesus be like us. But the fact is that Jesus was a Jewish man. He just, he was. That was his body. That was and his body matters and his ethnicity matters. And so you'd think having a, a, a Jewish Messiah that we as Christians would have, would be invested in understanding that world. And we really aren't no. like not even a little bit. That's why we're so happy that we have met Jen Rosner. Jen's affiliate assistant professor of systematic theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. She's also a Messianic Jew. Um, and so she's one of our friends that helps us to bring these two worlds together. So, Jen, welcome back. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure, Jen. Okay, so next week is in the Christian Church Holy Week. And, of course, uh, all eyes, all uh, prayers will turn to the suffering of Jesus uh, on the cross. And then, of course, uh, Easter Sunday, not far behind. But talk about Jesus, 
the death of Jesus and the death garments in a Jewish tradition? Because really, these are these are central to the story. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great example of what Kathy was just talking about, the way in which uh, throughout history there has been this widening rift between Judaism and Christianity that I think leaves us with gaps in our understanding of Jesus, in our understanding of Holy Week, in our ability to truly live into the Christian faith and Christian life. Um, and so Holy Week is just, it, every year uh, I just continue to reflect on how this division sort of does damage to our ability to enter into Holy Week. And we could sort of talk about this from so many different angles, um, but one of them is to think about the the Jewish holiday of Passover, um, which, you know, all four Gospels record that Jesus, that that, that the final days of Jesus' life take place during Passover. It's no accident. Jesus is very intentional um, about uh, overlaying sort of new meaning that continues the story of God's covenant with Israel. Uh, and, and, and the Council of Nicaea in 325, which is this momentous occasion in the history of the early Church, um, makes the decision to decouple Easter from Passover. And so from then on, it's like a mere calendrical accident if the two overlap as they do this year, which I think gives us a, a rich opportunity to reflect upon Passover and these themes of God's deliverance and sort of the intertwining of life and death, of rescue and deliverance uh, that, that, that has always characterized the life of the Jewish people as sort of exemplified in Passover and the, and the Jewish people's journey of freedom from slavery in Egypt that are really meant to serve as the background of our understanding of Holy Week, of, of the final week of Jesus' life, as he kind of makes himself into the Passover lamb by whom God's people are saved. And so there's just so much to press into here, and there's so much that gets lost when we fail to see Holy Week against the backdrop of Passover. It's really, when you take a step back and look at it, foolish on our part. It's like it's like reading a great work of literature and not knowing anything about the time period it happened in, or not knowing anything about the author. Mm-hmm. Or do you, and, and and if you're if you're in ninth grade and you're reading the Scarlet Letter for the first time, your teacher's going to tell you well, what, what was happening at the time. Where was this written? Who, Here's the world. Who was Nathaniel Hawthorne? You know that that's like the stuff mm-hmm. we learn before we learn how to drive. And now we have like our whole belief system, our whole worldview, the scriptures that we say that we believe are inspired. And yet we, we're like, we have a real poverty of understanding, um, about it. So let's stick with Passover, like you said. Um, so the basic story of Passover, probably, probably the average Christian knows, but let's not assume that. Why don't you tell us the story Mm -hmm. of Passover and then kind of usher us into the millennia that had, um, that had gone on between the original event, uh, as told in Exodus. And then what, what was going on at Jesus time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to dive in. I mean, Passover is, um, it's sort of one of these rich holidays throughout the Jewish calendar. And it's seen, as, as the birth of the Jewish people. I mean, you have the calling, the election of Abraham that comes, you know, in the book of Genesis. Exodus is told throughout the book of Exodus. The Passover is told throughout the book of Exodus. Um, so you already have kind of this 
the seed of God's people, Israel, throughout the book of Genesis. But by the time we get to Exodus, this is where we get sort of the corporate beginnings of the people of Israel. And it's through this amazing story of God delivering his people from slavery in Egypt. And you get so many key themes in terms of God's covenant with Israel that come out. I mean, number one, you get the theme of God being the Savior, God being the rescuer of the Jewish people. And this comes before God gives the Ten Commandments, and and sort of encapsulated within the Ten Commandments in Jewish tradition is all of the commandments throughout the entire Torah. Traditionally, there's 613, which is the way that God has commissioned the Jewish people to live as His redeemed and rescued people. So there's so much of Jewish tradition that's sort of wrapped up in the Exodus story. And in the Exodus story itself, you know, we get this series of plagues, which which I think many Christians are familiar with. And and the last plague is the death of the firstborn. Um, and, 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 and you get uh, the Jewish people being saved by putting the blood of a lamb on the lintels of their, uh, and the lintels and doorposts of their household. And they're literally saved by the blood of a lamb on Passover um, and, and, and so all of these themes, uh, I think, lay a really important backdrop. Number one, in terms of just understanding Judaism and God's covenant with the Jewish people and what that covenant is all about and how the Jewish people continue to enact that covenant over and over again. God calls the Jewish people to remember the Passover and the Exodus every year, which is done in a ritual meal that's now called the Passover Seder. And so this would have been done by Jews every year in the time of Jesus. I mean, it's really been done by Jews every year since, you know, the book of Exodus until today. So this would have been a custom and a set of themes that were very familiar to Jew- to Jesus and his early followers who were all Jewish. And so it would not have been lost on them that the, that the, that the key moments and the drama and the tension of Holy Week is playing out in this foundational time in the Jewish calendar. Hmm. It's such a beautiful story. I mean, it's like it's the story every human longs for, right? Is to be mm-hmm. is is to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. The beautiful, beautiful verse from Exodus where God says, "You know, tell the people I have seen their suffering." I mean, that's what every person longs for is that there would be a God who would see what they've been through, regardless of what it is. And and so to have that be a, a, an experience of a whole people and to have that be a story that's told and then to see the actual Redeemer come and fulfill all of that. I mean, it's like the it's like the greatest it is the greatest story ever told. Um, so from your perspective, Jen, it must grieve you when you look at the larger world and think, how have we how have we divided this so much? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my work focuses on trying to help bridge the gap that exists between Judaism and Christianity, especially for Christians. You know, in my teaching and my writing, I have a new book coming out that's on these themes of trying to help Christians understand how it ma- how and why it matters to understand this this sort of backdrop of the Jewish faith as, as kind of the pre-story to the coming of the Jewish Messiah, right? And so my hope is that um, in, in, in doing so and in having these kinds of conversations, Christians can, can also begin to think in new ways about the Jewish people, who are oftentimes seen as just like another religion, right? It's like we could sort of lump them together with Islam and Buddhism and Judaism, that sometimes are seen as having nothing to do with Christianity and Christian faith. And what I want to say is, 
actually, uh, in the words of, of the of the theologian John Howard Yoder, Judaism is like a non non Christian religion. Like mm. we can't just lump it together with all these other non Christian religions. It has this intrinsic uh, and unique relationship to the Christian faith that I, that I'm I'm encouraging Christians to increasingly consider, which I hope will bear fruit in Christians seeing a certain camaraderie with the Jewish people and pressing into a very difficult history between Christians and Jews over the century. And we're living in such a remarkable time where we are seeing a lot of, of newness and of reconciliation between these two communities that I think is just so, so hopeful. And I hope that we all can take part in that, whatever it looks like in our individual spheres and circles. Well, that's so good. I'm grateful, Jen, that you are hopeful about this, right? Because uh, you and Kath are talking about this, the idea that Christians cannot, will go back to their Jewish roots in their faith, or or even from a Jewish perspective, the Jews can't move forward like you yourself have to see Jesus beyond his Jewishness and what it is to be the Messiah. Those two things are, you know, sort of so separate from each other. Mm -hmm. They are. They're so separate. And, you know, we could dive into all the historical reasons of how that happened. But we are living in a very hopeful time. I mean, especially post-Holocaust. The Holocaust really kind of shakes the whole world, certainly the Jewish world, but also the Christian world, saying, wait a second, how do we have such a gap in Christian theology regarding the Jewish people that Christians largely stood by during the Holocaust? And so it causes um, it causes Christians to think anew. And then in the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust, you have the creation of the modern state of Israel, which raises all kinds of questions about the covenant, God's covenant with the Jewish people, and what role the land plays in that. Now the Jews have a sovereign homeland for the first time in over 2,000 years. And so you get this really incredible development in terms of Christians rethinking Christian theology in light of these significant events in the 20th century. And then you have Jews kind of saying, oh, well, maybe we were wrong about Christians, and, and kind of maybe Hitler wasn't a Christian after all, which, which might surprise Christians to know that that's the Jewish perspective on, on the Holocaust. It was a Christian phenomenon um, from, from most Jews. Uh, and so I do think we're li- living in such a hopeful moment and season where there's just all these really promising signs of kind of re-engagement and repentance and change. So I am very hopeful about it. Fabulous. The new book is called Finding Messiah by our guest, Jen Rosner. Jen, really happy that this book has come out. Is it available now? Not quite yet. It will be available on May 24th. Okay, we're close. Great available for pre-order now. Terrific. Fabulous. Well, based upon your time with us and, of course, your, your writing, we really look forward to the to the new work, Jen, and uh, having you come back and dig deeper into this. It's a necessary and, as you say, hopeful and exciting conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Our great pleasure. Jen Rosner, Affiliate Assistant Professor of Systematic Theology, Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. The new work coming up soon, Finding Messiah. A journey into the Jewishness of the gospel. The goal of this commercial is to show you that if you buy a new home this year without using our two advantages, you will probably have made a pretty big boo-boo financially. I learned that word from my nieces. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and today we announce something brand new. For Word FM listeners on new home purchases this year, we will now pay $1,000 of your closing costs. And there's no gimmicks. We simply believe that home purchases are going to go up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. The second advantage is our direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, 
which means our company gets to use its own money within its own walls. There's no middleman, which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. So don't make a boo-boo. Take advantage of our new $1,000 lender credit and our direct lender advantage. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I think we've all been sold the bill of online school. That, you know, you can do it online just as easily as you can do it in person. Same thing. Right. It's the same thing. Same I mean, quality. You, can get, you can access the same teacher. You can access the same experience. It's really fine. We all know that's not the case. Right. There's a huge difference being in person in a room with other individuals and doing something digitally. So during the COVID pandemic, I look at my own kids and I think of the things that they missed out on. And I'm not just talking about classes. I'm saying, okay, I had one uh, child who was an athlete who, you know, the entire NCAA sports schedule got upended. I have another child who's involved in music and all those music performances got completely cut. I'm happy to tell you that over the last three, four months, I just feel like we're coming up, you know, out of this horrible haze we've been in. I've been able to see sporting events and I've been able to go to live concerts. And it just reinforces in my mind how important those extracurriculars are when you're talking about choosing a school for your child. Because community matters. So if you're thinking about next semester, next year, look at Grove City College because face-to-face, in-person Christian men and women gathering together with an education, with a strong faith perspective, there's nothing like Grove City. Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College in person. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. This homeownership tip is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency. The number one obstacle to buying a home typically isn't the monthly mortgage payment. It's coming up with the money for the down payment and closing cost. The Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency can help. PHFA offers a small second loan to help meet this need. Learn more on our website at phfa.org. That's phfa.org. PHFA has been helping Pennsylvania homebuyers since 1982. Cloudy tonight, low 37. Cloudy and mild with some rain in the afternoon for Tuesday, high 60. Tuesday night, cloudy and mild, low 46 with a bit of rain. For Wednesday, sunshine and clouds with rain late in the afternoon, high 65. Thursday, cloudy with some rain, high 62 and a high 51 for Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Makes sense. Does what make sense? Prunes. No. I mean, I, I know this is supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. But the thought of it, mm. I think once, at least to me, once you start eating pu- prunes, mm-hmm. they're kind of like the sweatpants of fruit. <laughs> like you've given up. <laughs> right? Like you have. Uh, yeah. Let's put on the old sweatpants and have some prunes. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. You feel like you've at that point you've lost any forward Everything. momentum you ever had. Any sort of vestige of currency of awareness or hipness <laughs> or anything yeah. that I I got something on the ball. Mm-hmm. No, I've surrendered it in the prune aisle of Giant Eagle. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh huh. Does that make sense to you? Prunes make sense to you? 
Yes. Oh, jeez. This is what happened. Oh. Listen to me. Yesterday. You got constipated. I'm at a, no. I'm at a local grocery looking in the aisle, yeah. in the produce aisle. And it has a bag of prunes. Mm-hmm. And on the bag, it's, I forget the brand name, but it's highlighting the antioxidant capability of oh, the yeah. prune. Now, wait. And also, its ability to produce a probiotic situation. <laughs> See, though. Okay, for digestion. Antiotic, now, probiotic. Wait, listen. listen. It's a carbon footprint on plus, there as well. Plus, it was on sale. So I thought, you know, That's I haven't had sale. a prune in like a decade. You had a prune? No, I, I, I haven't had a prune in a decade. I, I'm going to get a bag of prunes. I'm going to see what. I mean, I'd like to be healthy and happy, and I'd like to have an antioxidant situation going on. So I got the bag of prunes. Mm-hmm. Opened them up this morning. Yep. I found them delicious. Oh, no. Say it and so. I did. Bring one in. I want I to did. see you eat a prune I'm on air. serious. Bring- I had. I had. Four of them this morning. Four? I did. You I better not excited. be in this room with Listen, me. I'm just you saying. run down the I hall. I feel fine. I feel healthy and well. All right. I'm telling you right now. Prunes that make as sense. As of this day, prunes make sense. Heaven help you. All right. This is an unpopular. I was mopping the other day. Okay. Does a bath make sense? Oh. No. Here's the deal. Well, you're not even waiting to ask. Me. I'm telling you because no. time is short. As luxurious as a bath is. I'm using a mop. Yes. I mop the floor. I put the mop in the bucket. What happens? The bucket becomes dirty with the filthy water from the floor. Sure. When I'm done with a with a with a bucket, I want to take that bucket out, put a new bucket in. Yeah. Rinse the mop, and right. then it's not dirty. Right. When you take a, a bath, you're not rinsing yourself off with a. You're still sitting in dirty water. No, so you're. A bath doesn't make any sense because it's dirty. You're sitting in dirty water. What about the relaxation element? It is relaxing. I have a prune on top of it. You're good to go. (laughs) 101.5 WORD. Constantly trying to control our circumstances often reveals how inept we are. Here's Laura's story. I can't even begin to tell you how not put together we are. If you were to, <laughs> you were to come to my house, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> Resting in God instead of ourselves. Next time on Family Life Today with David and Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accounts and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-3156 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-3156 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-3156. Train up a child in the way they should go. 
Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. At the Original Mattress Factory, we make mattress shopping easy. We offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day, so you can shop when you're ready. We show you exactly what's inside of our mattresses so you can see and feel the quality for yourself to ensure you're getting the best value. And we offer a no-pressure shopping experience. Our team is here to help you find the best mattress for you. It's that easy. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. This is Greg Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Sometimes customers are a little surprised when they first walk through our doors. They don't always expect our prices to be so fair for such a high-quality product. My father found that producing our mattresses in our own local factories would eliminate the middleman, providing a higher-quality product at a lower price than mainstream brands. It's the secret to our success that we are happy to share with anyone that comes through our doors. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory secret for yourself. So was it last week, last month, or last year that we had this conversation about shoes in the house? Yeah, that's a good question. Wasn't that long ago? No, it wasn't. Okay, so as much as humanly possible, for myself, when I go into the house, I take my shoes off. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not like some crazy, you know, shoe dictator. You come to my house. It's February 25th, by the way, where we February talked 25th, about this. So less than Here's a month. why I'll be keeping my shoes on in your shoeless home. Who wrote that? That you. was with Wall Street Journal. And I did. I, I could have written it because that's how I feel. Well, when you come to my house, I'm not going to say, please take your shoes Thank off. Thank you. I appreciate that. Some people do do that. Well, and I, I get that. I, you have to give us me a pair of booties. Well, I do have a pair of booties for you there. <laughs> I want your booties. Okay. So that was in the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, it was the Wall Street Journal. Well, it's kind of funny because in today's Washington Post... Mm-hmm. They fire volley in, the, uh, volley in the opposite direction. An article by Mark Patrick Taylor. Now, if management will say, look, there's that guy with three names again. Right. And Gabrielle Filippi. Wearing shoes in the house is gross. Truth. Amen to that. Listen to how she just sneaks in there. Amen to that. She's, okay. she's welcome to sneak mm-hmm. in there because she's got it going on. Okay. So in the article, she said, here, here, here they say this, we are, the authors I've just named, environmental chemists who have spent a decade examining the indoor environment and the contaminants that people are exposed to in their own homes. Although our examination of the indoor environment via our Dust Safe program, there's a link to Dust Safe, okay. is far from complete on the question of whether to shoe or de-shoe in the home, the science leans towards the latter. It is best to leave your filth outside the door people spend 90 percent of their times indoors so the question is whether to wear shoes in the house is not a trivial one so say these scientists okay here's the deal about a third uh okay cancer causing toxins oh here we go but i i had the prunes they're antioxidant can't and your carbon footprint cancer causing toxins from asphalt road residue, Mm -hmm. endocrine-disrupting lawn chemicals. Wow. You might view the filth on your shoes in a new light. Uh, 
microorganisms present on shoes and floors, drug-resistant pathogens, including hospital-associated infectious agents, germs that are difficult to treat, including the buildup of dust and dirt from people and pets shedding their hair and their skin. Well, this is all just, this seems like a lot. Because that's what you're dragging okay, okay, into your well, house. Okay, well, let me say this, though. Let me can, can I break in, or do you have another thing you need to I can to, go on. It's a long article. Script on this. Let me Microplastics, say. disinfecting chemicals, antibiotic-resistant genes, radioactive elements. I mean. Okay, so now wait a minute. Dragging it into your my, house. Okay, so I never wear, however, my, like the shoes I'm wearing now. Your tennies. Right. I've you don't wear those in the house? I wear them into the house and up to my bedroom where I instantly take them off to put on my Crocs, which I wear around the house all the time. Well, just take them off at the door. I can't stand that because I'd have to walk in my socks somewhere, and I hate walking it's in socks. It's a short walk. I hate it. I can't. So you're dragging toxins well, I and chemical-inducing compounds. Well, I wasn't thinking until now. But I certainly, if I go to your house or Christy's house... I don't want you guys telling me I have to take my shoes off. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm just I'm telling you that. Oh, Kat. get out of here! See, Chrissy's a little mean, bolder look, than I am. What if I have? I have this one pair of brown socks, just to be really honest about mm-hmm. that are are very very soft. They're socks made out of bamboo. They're very soft. I've had them for many years. They have a hole in them. I still wear them because they're so soft. What if I had those socks on and came to your house? It's fine. It'd be horribly embarrassing. Don't I'd be, be embarrassed. Here, listen to this. A recent Wall Street Journal article, this is from the article, argued shoes in the home aren't so bad. The author made the point of that E. coli, dangerous bacteria that develop in the intestines of many mammals, including humans, is so widely distributed that it's pretty much everywhere. So it should be no surprise it can be swabbed on shoe bottoms. 96% of shoe bottoms, as the article pointed out, contain E. coli. That does seem like a very hot figure. But let's be clear. Although it's nice to be scientific and stick with the term E. coli, this stuff is pretty much more simply the bacteria associated with poo. In your house. Now we've gone one step too far. In your house that you're having remodeled as we speak. So so are you saying that you're going to go home tonight? What shoes are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing a pair of black Okay, so you're going to take off your black shoes mm-hmm. at the door, yeah. and you're going to walk in your socks into your house. Yeah. yeah. And then I either wear my socks or my Around booties, the house. Or my booties. <laughs> For heaven's sake. Christy, are you really taking your shoes off at the door? At the door. Because you know why? Cancer stops exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> get out. Then I go get my slippers. My house, they have their house shoes. The house shoes. That's right. I mm-hmm. love the term house shoes. Okay, so did you grow up in a house that did this, Christy? No, I don't think so. Neither did I. Neither. I mean, they are like a little, there's a shoe mat, but I feel like I've I probably walked around my parents' house with, with my shoes on. No, I'm not saying, you know, look, mm-hmm. I'm sure my house is it's not covered, E. coli free. Is covered in poo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Come on and bring your poo. I mean, we can, I mean, according to this article, oh nothing, goodness. I mean, every, the whole world is covered in poo, essentially. Yeah, apparently. Right. Yes, that is what they're saying. So they're saying the whole world. So I mean, it's a small okay, barrier. I, okay. Also, though, let me say this: I don't want 
poop. My no, of course. In your house. I don't wet my shoes by the front door. Why? Because I don't like it. I want it, my shoes belong in my closet. So pick them up and carry them and put but them in the closet. I, but then again, I'm back to walking around in my socks and I cannot do like that. Like five seconds. I five hate it. seconds. So I hate leave it. your little booties at the door. Bingo, bingo. No, oh, no. Bingo. <laughs> what are that's, the what, that's what we have. Of me ever remembering that. I don't know. I mean, you, you to me, you're a fastidious person. I am, but not. Other than like, cleaning your car, but, <laughs> which is a whole other story. It is, and I'm slightly embarrassed about it. You should be. Bringing it up to me. I just don't. I, I don't know. I look. I don't want to. That's the problem. I don't want to. I want to keep my shoes. Plus, I have multiple pairs of shoes. Are you going to keep them all Wait, by the think, front door? I think I have one pair of shoes. Well, is that, you, is that you, the deal? You're going to leave them all by the front door? I mean, no. But you said so then every time you have to go to the front door, you're leaving to go to work. You're wearing your booties because you've done all the show prep in booties. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a funny I'm proud to say. If you think of it. Anyway, and you're you're carrying your little black shoes with you to the kitchen door so mm-hmm. you can leave? You know why? Because in the Hall House, Pooh loses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You just I, it's a filthy filthy world we live in. And I can't control most things, right? I right. really can't. I mean, my house Yeah. really needs a redo, especially on the mm-hmm. outside. On the outside, boy, I I need some. Oh, I'm doing that commercial for signing. Oh yeah. I need some guy to come right. over. Someone needs to help. Somebody, right? yeah. But on the inside, I can control that. And so you're going to. Well, I just. And so you're going to walk around the rest of the night with no shoes on, or your booties. Booties. Christy, are you wearing booties? My house shoes. Okay. House shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see. I don't understand why it's you aren't just, bored with it's this. It's just I. I know you're I can, a reasonable I know, person. I know I continually frustrate you that I'm not willing to jump on board whatever your latest My thing way is. is not the right way. It's just my way. Just That's in all this I'm saying. It is. I'm just saying. For, I, the idea, I mean, these guys are right. Asphalts, chemicals, everything. Well, it's not like you're going to come over at 9.15 tonight and I'm going to be wearing my Converse. I mean, I'm not doing that. I'm just walking from the front door so that I can deposit them cleanly in you the You put closet. your feet up on the couch? I do, but only. But wait, not with, with my Converse on? on. No, because I have my house shoes on at that point. Oh no! Wait, all of a sudden the house shoes showed up. No, the cro- my Crocs are my house shoes. Yeah, but you're walking back down the steps that you've already contaminated with your Converse. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen and to you! Crocs. All of a sudden, you're like hints from Heloise. I mean, what? You need like those. I'm little, a germaphobe. Good. You need like those little cloth things that were like in nuclear reactors. Right, those little white booties. Right. Things. What are those? Like the clean room. Right. Or like when you go over, if you're a realtor and you're going into somebody's house, you have to put on the white things. What? If you're a realtor, you know, and you're going into the somebody's clean thing. house, they put those little white booties yeah. on, not to disturb anything. I mean. All right. I just feel like you're both ganging up on I'm me. Not it's, gang- hard, I'm, it's hard to maintain I'm sense slightly of, ganging a, up a sense of self here. It's just interesting that newspapers are now ganging up on each other. And I, Yeah, exactly. Because I'm defending the Wall Street Journal perspective, and all of a sudden you're bringing the Washington Post perspective. It's hard not to see this and go... You know, E. coli, uh, chemicals, Yeah, but the point of the Wall asphalt. Street Journal article is the fact that there's so much E. coli everywhere. It's like part of our, you know, biome. I know. And I listen, I, look, dust to dust. Yeah. I get that, right? right? All of a uh-huh. sudden, I'll be showing up at your house when I'm dead. What's, <laughs> is that a fur ball? Ah, it's just John. He's hanging out in the corner there. I mean, <laughs> right? It's the same sort of thing, Right. Is it the same sort of well, thing? Well, I, I don't want to be. This and believe went from me, house shoes to meta very I'm quickly. not like, you know, I'm not, um, what? A germaphobe? I'm not Christy Oscar is. Madison. Oh, wow. I haven't f- thought about him in a long Felix time. Felix Unger. 
Mm-mm. The odd couple. Mm-mm. Every every marriage kind of has an odd couple Mm-mm. feel to it, doesn't it? Mm-mm. Not my marriage. What are you saying? You're on the same page with yeah, everything? I mean, my husband's very clean. Both of us are clean. We'll show him yeah. Show him this article. Okay, I will. Right? I will. I just wonder about... Wait, what, where, how I'll end up? The safety and, you yeah. know... Because you'd get a little sick. Maybe if you did like the clean room thing... Maybe I would. You'd lose that. That's yeah. why you guys had COVID so many times. Yes. <laughs> Who had COVID? <laughs> Eric. Eric had oh, right. twice. <laughs> Let's talk about Eric on the air and his twice bout with No, COVID. he's a good man. He's a ve- I met him. He's a very nice guy. Isn't he excellent? He's very he's nice excellent. Guy. Fine, fine. However, he he did still have COVID twice, and maybe it's because of my shoes. <laughs> God, don't even start this. That's what it is. Oh, no. All of hey. a sudden, we're going to be on some conspiracy oh, like, no. Twitter feed today. I heard on Christian radio, you exactly. get COVID from your shoes. <laughs> oh, please. We're ending this segment right now. because. I was just trying to be clean about it. Coming up next, I have two celebrity birthdays to run past John. Oh, Looking okay. forward to that. Right. Also, a couple things as we close out today's show. The Ride Home. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the irs has ever offered if you qualify you could save thousands and nobody knows this program better than they do optima is a plus rated with the better business bureau and they get results having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients get a fresh start call today for your free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 optima tax relief Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit Waynesburg.edu. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799 and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm Shirley'sburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, Dante Bow, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. 
Poverty was already rampant in Haiti, but the last two years have been especially devastating for the children and their families. You can help when you sponsor a child with Compassion International. Get started today by texting the word radio to 97646. Time for celebrity birthdays on the ride home. Mm. When I bring up uh, the celebrity who's celebrating and uh, John guesses how old they are. You have a very spooky ability to do this. Very limited. Um, I want to start with yesterday, John, um, because it was Eddie Murphy's birthday. And then I'll tell you whose birthday it is today. Eddie Murphy. So I'll ask you how old Eddie Murphy is. um, And then uh, I want to hear some of your favorite um, of his performances. Eddie Murphy. Was Eddie Murphy, is Eddie Murphy 56? 61. Is he? How about that? Wow. I, so always 61. has looked older than he was. That could be the farthest apart you've ever been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about, um, let me give you a couple of these and tell me what you like or don't like. Okay. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm not a big Eddie Murphy Is that uh, right? movie fan. Okay. So Trading Places did nothing for you? Uh, Nutty Professor. None no, of those. No, none of that. Mm-mm, none mm-mm, of that. No. Um, what about, um, you know, he won an Oscar. Did, do you remember that he won an no. Oscar for Dreamgirls? Oh, oh, I did not remember. Yeah, that. I didn't either. Um, he was terrific in Mulan. But you probably Mulan probably doesn't it. mean a lot. Do you I, love Mulan, Christy? Absolutely. Isn't really? Mulan See, Mulan's my probably my favorite Disney movie. Um okay, so none of those uh no. I mean to me Eddie what, Murphy, what's it, what's it, coming to America? Uh Arsenio Hall, no. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um his stand up? Yeah. SNL and a stand-up. His, his to, SNL to me, was absolutely is where it, is the highlight. And then after that, the movie career kind of okay, I could really care less. For you. No. All right, let me ask you this then. Today, Robert Downey Jr. celebrates. A I birthday. love Robert Downey Jr. I love Do Robert you? Downey Jr. for any number of reasons. Okay. I mean, just really a really really interesting guy. Um, it, tackled his addiction head on. Yep. It looks like he's been sober for many years. Always been really forthright about it. Yeah, I love him. I just really interesting guy. Um, Chaplin, remember? You ever see that movie, Chaplin? I think you. Chaplin. Oh no, I never did. Oh, he was terrific. Really, just a, an incredible performance. Um, what's his superhero? Iron Man? Iron. That's a great. Me? Is that... Iron Man your favorite superhero? Christy? Th- uh, no. It's a really Who's your good... favorite superhero? Superhero. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Get Iron back Man. to me on That's that. That's really, really good. That's a great superhero. It is. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I was going to say so somewhere in the neighborhood of like yeah, what well, I was thinking of Eddie Murphy, uh, 57. Exactly. A. Right on the nose. He is 57 years old. Okay. Um, So, uh, weird science? Don't know. Okay. That was early in his career. Um, Let's see. What else do we have here? We have The Singing Detective. Oh, yeah. Uh, The Singing Detective is a remake of a BBC uh, miniseries that was probably done in the 80s. I have the really? box. Here's, here's how old I am. I have the box set on DVD. No way. I'm sorry. Oh, and VHS. Yes. Even better. Yes. Even the box better. set on VHS. It's fabulous. It's unbelievably cool. It's super cool. Wow. Okay. Um, what about uh, the thriller Zodiac? Don't know. Okay. Kind of like the Zodiac Killer, right? Something like that. Yeah. How about him in, as Sherlock Holmes? Oh, excellent job. I enjoyed that a lot. Me too. Very much so. I enjoyed that a lot. Robert Downey Jr. Um, I feel like his, uh, his the the forthrightness with which he dealt with his addiction. demons of addiction, mm-hmm. absolutely 
propelled him elsewhere. Propelled him elsewhere and gave him a depth to his performances that you just don't. I mean, Iron Man is a really nuanced character. I mean, I don't mean to overstate the Marvel Universe, but I I think that. I, I just really love his character. Plus, you know, he was early on where someone, like a guy blew up his career. He blew up his career. Yes, and, for sure. You know, he could have just said, I'm done. Yep. Right? Or, yep. But his talent was so big. I mean, I just think he's fascinating. How about how about his dad, Robert Downey Sr.? Don't know him. Well, he had a big career. I mean, um, he was an interesting guy as well. He comes from a very wild family. You could see the the talent of Robert Downey Jr. based upon you know his lineage. Sure. Anyway, happy birthday. Eddie Murphy was yesterday. Robert Downey yep. was today. Exactly. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Any word on the Beaver when he was oh, in town? How was the Beaver? I didn't it was Saturday go. night. Yeah. yeah. None of us were there. All right. Anyway, just checking in. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.